0: Ho, the <laughs> bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the barrels rails in your mouth. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring
1: them up, bring them out. Bring them bring the championship run deep in our vein The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game To us you know around the city doing it better than this Just say look at this, you can look around who better than this Nobody who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers The Patriots, the Cowboys, Clips, the, the Titans, the Chickens USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is Man, triple left the new podcast, Just join the game plan Come on. Come on. Bring them out, bring them out Bring them out, bring them out, bring em
0: out. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay and Young Vander. Welcome back to the show, Fantasy Football Fiend family. Football is in full effect after that great game last night, Tampa Bay versus Dallas. Man, so much to talk about there. A lot of news going on. I'm just ready for the weekend. I, I can't wait. I got my boy Young Vander on with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander.
1: Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there?
0: That game last night. I mean. Could you ask for more than what we got the chance to see last night? I mean, we got Dak showing that he's back. We got Tom Brady showing why he's the GOAT. That was an amazing game.
1: Definitely highly entertaining. Uh, it had a uh, a playoff feel. It really you will. did. You know what I'm saying? It seemed like it could be a wild card game, maybe even. I don't think the Cowboys would make it this far but it could have very well been a a conference game you know they played Tampa Bay about as tough as you possibly could
0: if not for the kicker they could have got away with that one is this foretelling of what the Cowboys season could look like or is this a little bit more about you know kicking a little bit of rust off and if they had to play Tampa Bay week three they would have got carved up
1: a lot of people already had the idea that the Cowboys offense is going to be pretty good this year and it was on pretty much on full display aside from the run game you know they had high hopes for the offense anyway the defense had a lot of question marks and even though they got a few takeaways last night a lot of them was really on the offense's fault they gave the ball away so it wasn't one of those things where they were just really out there taking the ball a lot of drop passes and tips and things of that nature so
0: several of my bold predictions were on full display tom brady my man's in there cd lamb my man's in there the dallas offense i said that i believe cooper and lamb are going to both end up being wide receiver ones gallup's going to end up being a wide receiver two. Mm -hmm. i believe gallup ended up leaving the game with an ankle injury so that's a perfect segue into the news so let's go ahead and hop right into it here's your fantasy news And now, your fantasy news. All right, all right, all right. So, your fantasy news. Let's go ahead and start out with Michael Gallup exiting the game with an ankle injury. They, they don't really have any additional um, information yet. Uh, hopefully, it's not of the high ankle variety. Normally, you know, high ankle sprains can take anywhere from five to six weeks. Have you heard anything as far as the injury is concerned? or Do you think it was... Enough to take him out of one game, but not
1: necessarily enough to to be a prolonged issue going forward? Yeah, I haven't heard much about it. Uh, He was standing up on the sideline walking around, so I'm not sure the severity of it. I guess today we'll probably uh, have a little more clear as far as the severity of the, the injury itself.
0: Yeah, I mean he was he was off to a pretty good start. Um, it looked like it, it was a it was a pass for everybody to be caught. And I guess you can do that when you're not running the ball like at all. Um, right. so we'll kind of see the severity of his injury uh coming up here. Hopefully today. Um, but first half of that game, I was looking like, man, maybe we kind of overlooked Gallup. He he's looking pretty spry. The other big news item yesterday, Latavius Murray is heading to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. um so now they have latavius murray they have Devonte freeman and they have bell so well in that's on top of the the young man that was already there mr williams uh tyson williams i believe it is how do you think this backfield is about to end up shaking out um should you still invest in parts of the backfield or do you think it's going to end up being very convoluted at this point
1: well i mean forget for week one you might want to have wilson or Williams, Tyson Williams, as the guy. Bell and Freeman are actually on the practice squad, so they have yet to been elevated. The sign of Murray, they already put him on the active roster, mm, so I think okay. that's a that's that's a pretty tell sign there. Like he, he came the latest, but he's on active roster before those other guys. I honestly see it shaking out right now as uh, Tyson being the one, and Latavius is gonna be the number two back. And they're gonna I may just be putting up you on the spot here with yeah. this one. Do you know with the <laughs>
0: COVID protocols, if he would actually be eligible to play this week, or uh, is it like a certain time limit or something?
1: I believe so, because they expected him to be in the building on Friday. OK, so I mean, I guess it's, it may be a difference for the guys that's fully vaccinated. Gotcha. OK, so, so that's
0: one of those things that they were saying, you know, could end up being an issue if they had to trade for someone to pick somebody up, whatever the case may be. Right. Because
1: uh, Drake Kirkpatrick just had a workout and he was recently fully vaccinated and they were saying if he wasn't, it could have very well delayed that, you know, the possibility of him being signed. So I think the vaccinated players have a little bonus by, you know, getting in these buildings and, and getting right on the field versus having to wait a couple of days to see what happens. So
0: Antonio Brown looked like his old self on last yeah. evening. Um yeah. man, that may be a guy that a lot of the fantasy world overlooked. That may be a guy I know that why. if I don't have trying to figure out a way to go grab. Um but um A.B. is back in the building. He he looks like the best wide receiver for Tampa Bay.
1: Um, yo, Antonio Brown is the best receiver in Tampa Bay. Antonio Brown is still a top three receiver in this league. I mean, it is what it is. I understand the antics and all the different things like that, but, man, it's A.B., he was on full display last night. Uh, I had him. In, I got him in one league. I tried to trade for him in our league before the game last night. Like not yesterday, but mm-hmm. you know, within the week, I was trying to get him because he's one of those guys I feel is going to give you low end wide receiver one uh, numbers this year. I mean, might the, be high in wide receiver one, maybe. And then from where you draft him at, I mean, it's complete steal. Last night it was shown like you, you got these second, even third corners, and you playing man to man with AB. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? You would have tried that four years ago. So why are you trying it now? And that was don't on full disrespect display. Respect me like
0: that, man. Yeah, it was on full display
1: last <laughs> night, man. It was a clinic. So a couple of me.
0: other things that were uh, on full display. Ronald Jones, man, d- this was not the game for you to fumble, in, bro. Hmm. Like, like you, you lost a whole bunch of carries last year because of a perceived fumbling issue, and you do this in game one. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't recall seeing him again in the game after that fumble.
1: Nah, it was a lot more Fournette after that. And it was then, a whole
0: lot of Fournette. Yeah,
1: and then you see uh, Gio.
0: You see him pop. He he got a couple plays in, you know, eight, nine yards of pop.
1: We also saw with Leonard
0: Fournette, there were times that he caught the ball and he looked like a wide receiver. And there were times that you were like, what in the hell are you doing? It hits you in the hands, bruh.
1: Yeah, he caused an interception last night.
0: Absolutely. Don't think that that's going to be understated by Mr. Uh, Tom Brady. So Gio gets up to par. I I really feel like he's going to have a significant role in the offense, if nothing more than just taking the the snaps that Ronald Jones is making. I think last year, Coach Arians made it pretty plain that If Ronald Jones fumbles, he's just not going to put him in the game. He doesn't trust him anymore. He's definitely lost trust. Now, somebody else that fantasy owners may be losing trust in, Mike Evans had a pretty quiet week one. I've told people time and time again, as far as Evans is concerned, he's a great wide receiver. But in this offense... He has minimal targets, and that scares me. Without touchdowns, you're you're looking at a pretty poor week from him in, in a lot of weeks. And then there are going to be those weeks where he blows up, and then he'll still end up with a 1,000 yards at the end of the season uh, right. because there's just certain teams that they game plan against, and he'll get 150, 20 yards in a game. But, I mean, it's so few and far between.
1: I think Gronk took his touches last night. You and know, Gronk flat. got
0: the most touches of the tight ends. Like, right. Um, you think O.J. Howard might be on the move or something? I mean, like he only had like... I want to say like six, six to six snaps, not, not targets, snaps.
1: I could very well see some teams uh, later in this season, reaching out to get them. even like a team like Minnesota. I mean, I know they went after mm, Herndon. Yeah. I know they went after Herndon, but I think OJ Howard probably would have been a better choice than Herndon. You know, me personally, but Mike Evans has become a little touchdown dependent, and, I, and especially red zone. He's usually the red zone guy, but we've seen the old Gronk last night, so kind of kind of took that away. Dalton Schultz has taken uh,
0: Jarwin's, Blake Jarwin's job um, as far as with the Dallas Cowboys are concerned. He looked really good out there. That may be a guy that's on several people's um, waiver if you put it the tight end position. Um, it looks like they're going to utilize the tight end position, and Schultz is their guy.
1: Yeah, Schultz looked pretty good. I mean, he didn't have a bad season
0: last year. Shit. he uh, did okay. so i thought jarwin was going to come back and get his job back but it didn't look that way
1: yeah you kind of seen it when uh when Gala went out.
0: Yeah, that old oh, well you know what that they that, mm-hmm. that actually may have more to do with the amount of targets he got than, right. than just being them utilizing the tight end position. I didn't even look at it from that perspective. Right. That also may be that that also may have a lot to do with why I saw so much uh, Cedric Wilson in there. Yeah, so that that makes sense. What else is going on? Uh, Austin Eckler he missed another practice. It's mm. it's it's getting real. This is why I never trusted this guy in the first look. Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley could be world beaters. They can stay healthy. This is why it's certain guys that, regardless of talent level, I just tend to uh, stay away from. But hamstring issue, and, and if you have, if you're, if you're a non-participant this early in the season due to a hamstring issue, and you're a guy that gets nicked up yearly by soft tissue injuries as is, I'm sorry, you you might want to make sure if you're the Eckler owner that you might have to mess around and get a couple of backups because I'm not even exactly sure who his true handcuff is yet. You got Justin Jackson, who on the depth chart is the number two running back. You also have the rookie Roundtree who looks... As if he could be a better running back than Jackson, and Jackson had the opportunity last year to kind of show and prove, and he let a, a man come in off the street and Kay- Kalen Bellage and, and take his job. So obviously they weren't too happy with what they saw out of him last year. So it's going to be interesting, but one or several of those guys are going to get a lot of carries because I don't know if Eckler is going to be able to go this weekend.
1: Yeah, what, what I do think you think about I, that. I think without Eckler is, is truly a carousel. But the guy Roundtree, he's not even. He's like fourth on the depth chart when it comes to their running backs. They have. It, the- you got, got Eckler, you got Joshua, Jackson, Joshua, Joshua Kelly. Kelly, and then so, Roundtree. Yeah, number right. four. So I think it's a committee. If Eckler is not able to go, you you don't like to see these type of injuries. Like you said earlier in the season because they can very well linger all year long. But I think they're going to try to I have read where they're going to try to have him ready. I mean, so okay. I guess he's just going through some rehab and this is precautionary re- stuff. Right. Okay. So I think it's keeping him off the field and uh try to put them out there. It's funny that my brother, he has uh he has Eckler and Barkley. Oh, so, and he's asking me like, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Should I play Edmonds? Trade. I'm like, man. <laughs> <It's> you trade. <laughs>
0: there are a few other guys that were able to get in a full practice. Eskridge with Seattle was able to get in a full practice. Uh, the rookie wide receiver McCole Hartman with Kansas City was able to get in a full practice. He was recovering from an oblique injury Noah Fant was able to get into full practice Recovering from a knee injury AJ Brown's back uh, Full practice Trey Lance is still limited at practice So we'll kind of see how that goes Daryl Mooney got in another practice He was having a back issue Paris Campbell returns to to be a full practice participant He was having an Achilles issue Looks Mm. like Josh Jacobs Is limited by a toe injury So now they're disclosing What the issue was On last show we were talking about um an undisclosed injury for josh jacobs and um you know were we at all worried and did we see them bringing in other backs as being a sign that jacobs wasn't ready to go um it looks like he's limited by a toe injury um now he was in practice on thursday uh but it was a limited practice so um but he was he made he got on the field so all signs point towards him getting in the game, but now we know that it's a toe injury. And um, for running backs, those those feet, knees, and toes, man, right. they, those, those definitely be um, lingering injuries throughout the year. So it makes sense now while they were looking at all those additional back. Is your outlook for Josh Jacobs still the same? And also, does that change your outlook as far as Drake or any of those guys are concerned?
1: Uh, man, um, this is one of those situations you probably want to monitor all the way up to kickoff. Mm. Uh, if you're Josh Jacobs owner, just go go ahead and have you a backup plan. Well, you know what? I think these guys play on Monday. Ooh, so your backup plan would have to be one of his backups. Right, so I might want to get ahead of this, man. I may go ahead and look to get my replacement in there now if you can't get Drake. Now, if you have Drake on your roster, then cool. I'll wait up till game time, but if you do not have Drake, you might want to go ahead and... uh, start someone else because you would hate to get to Monday and then they pull them before the game and then you just sitting there like you got zero in that spot. So I definitely probably, if I'm a Drake owner, I'll wait up to kickoff. If not, I'll just go ahead and find my replacement now. And we have
0: Kadarius Tony of the Giants. Um, he managed to get in a limited practice um, on this Thursday as well. He was dealing with a hamstring injury as well. So, a lot of injuries abound um, early in the season. So, stay water. Got to make sure that you pay attention to what's going on. And uh, someone else's misfortune could very easily and very quickly turn into your fortune. But I believe that's pretty much all the news we got. Let's go ahead and get in that rapid fire 10.
1: Rapid Fire 10. Rapid Fire 10. Rapid Fire 10. We got 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. Let's get into it. Wide receiver, PPR League. Do I start Odell Beckham Jr. or Chase Claypool? Clay Shapool Um, Clay
0: Shapool may be one of the cheat codes for this year. OBJ, last I read, he was still getting in limited practices. So I don't know if that's just we're not going to take the top off, if you will, until we're ready to eat. Or if it's a I'm not exactly sure if this is edible. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I'll give OBJ the wait and see approach. Okay.
1: Flex position, uh Tyson Williams or Naheem Hines. Hmm. This week
0: I would actually probably go ahead and start the kid. If I have the opportunity to have a starting running back in a running offense, um, and the likelihood of him scoring a touchdown is pretty decent. I'm probably going to take that side over depending on the the guy that's going to have to have volume. Um, Something that you said last show, if things work out to where JT is now a 70% shareholder and Hines is a 30%, Right. versus it being what it was last year, that can really put a damper on uh, the numbers that Hines is able to produce. So I'm going to go with the guy that at least for one game should be the starter. Okay. We got Jamal Williams or Javante Williams. That's that's a good one. I think I'm going <laughs> to, yeah, that's, that's really a good one. I, I think I'm going to have to go with, I think I'm going to go with Javante Williams in this one. I really believe the Broncos want to see what they have with this kid. Based on what Detroit, what's been coming out of Detroit's camp is Swift is ready to rock. They indicate that that he doesn't have to be put on a pitch count, if you will. That doesn't mean that they won't put him on one. That's two very different distinctions, but they did indicate based on health that he would not need to be put on any type of a snap count. I guess I'm going to go again with the guy that is the most likely to be the starter. Well, I guess I just talked myself back into Swift. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I get. Yeah, I guess I'm gonna go with the guy that's most likely to be the starter. Um, he's the the, the second to third best he, receiver he, he, on the and team.
1: Don't forget about him. do he has the 49ers
0: Yeah. So so garbage time will abound. I mean, he's probably gonna catch five passes just in the second half of the fourth quarter. So I mean, they're they're gonna have to pass the ball quite a bit. And like I said, he's their their I would say third best pass catcher on the team. Um, after Hawkinson and. Um, I'm in Ross St. Brown. He he would definitely be the third best catcher on the team, and the best. And the thing about it is, uh, we were looking at Jamal Williams getting some run, but he's actually a better pass catcher and a better runner than Williams is. Williams is the perfect backup to him because he's not that much of a drop off. But this may be an opportunity for Swift to show what he was touted for coming out of Georgia.
1: Okay, so we got
0: Joe Mixon or Adam Thillian. Oh, that was easy for me. I'm going with Mixon all day. Mixon is one of the last true workhorse backs. And as long as he's not injured... And unless you have better running backs, I would go Mixon's way. Okay. Now, this is an
1: interesting one. Uh, we got Nick Chubb
0: or Brandon Ayuk. Definitely going Nick Chubb. Again, anytime I can get a powerhouse running back um, in that flex spot, I'm, I'm going mm-hmm. with that running back before I go with a wide receiver that may or may not get the volume that's necessary. I know what Chubb's workload is going to be
1: for sure. I think... The reason why that one was asked by this person, because, you know, playing against the Kansas City Chiefs, it's a possibility that Kareem Hunt can be on the field a lot more than the norm. You know what I mean? That Aiyuk has the Detroit Lions, who are horrible. I can can understand where they're coming from with that one. I see the premise.
0: The second part to that, though, is the only way you stand a chance against Kansas City is if you keep the ball out of their hands. The only way you're going to be able to do that. Is by both Chubb and Hunt not only catching the ball, but specifically running the ball and taking time off of the clock to ensure that the time of possession lends itself to the Cleveland Browns. That's the only way that I could see them having a chance at winning the game. So, again, that would, in my mind's eye, put more volume in Chubb's hands. Okay, we got Brandon Cooks or CEH. I guess I would have to go with CEH. CEH, I actually believe he's being undervalued because the same way that we understand how bad that offensive line was for Patrick Mahomes, CEH had the same offensive line. Maybe it was a reason he couldn't punch it in on the goal line. His offensive line was trash. So if this man still has all the talent that made him a first-round pick by many last year and a much-improved O-line, this may be the type of running back that can win you your season. We already know how many points his team is going to put up. That's That means he's going to be in the red zone all the time. And then also, they're going to be up on a lot of teams, whereas in the fourth quarter, they may just be pounding the rock just to um, run down the clock anyway. So garbage time for a team that is up by a lot is just as important as garbage time by a team that's down by a lot, but they're just doing the opposite thing. The team that's up is running, and the team that's down is passing. I can see this guy
1: really, truly been a gem. Okay, we got Jarvis Landry or Tevin Coleman.
0: I'm going to go with Jarvis Landry on this one. Um, If we're looking at PPR, Tevin Coleman, if we're looking at standard, um, I believe that the Jets' backfield in true 49ers uh, kinship is going to be a shared backfield to the T. I mean, all three of their backs are pretty much on even playing field. Tevin Coleman knows the system the best. That's why I think he's getting the first shot. And he's also probably going to be the first one to get hurt. Um, (laughs) Carter's on the horizon. It's it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And Ty Johnson, he's just a guy, but he's not bad enough to not get carries and not good enough to get excited about the carries he's going to get. So that's kind of where I'm at with
1: him. Speaking of Carter, we got Michael Carter or Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore again if we're looking at
0: PPR um, Elijah Moore I believe is going to get a boatload of targets I honestly believe that he and Davis going to be in a similar vein as far as targets are concerned the reason why Davis got so much shine in the preseason and people were looking at uh, the volume that he was getting there is because Elijah Moore didn't have the opportunity to actually play uh, very much in the preseason due to injury so Um, He's already made his way to the starting lineup. Uh, They've already put a veteran who was able to show and prove on last year. If we remember last year in PPR, Jamison Crowder was a weekly start. Not a a name that people recognize all that well, but he was a a very consistent start and somebody that you were able to get off of waivers last year are getting the, the tail end of your draft. So. Uh, for Elijah Moore to be a rookie and, and to have already come in and overtaken that guy, um, that, that says quite a bit
1: to me. Okay, we have James Conner or Jerry Judy, PPR.
0: I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. I think he's going to be the security blanket for his new quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. And I also believe that Conner is going to be used very sparingly. The thing with Conner is he's not as good of a running back as Chase Edmund is. And unfortunately, you have a quarterback kind of in the same vein as the Josh Allens and Lamar Jacksons of the world that are going to score several um, touchdowns rushing. So, you know, that's kind of what I'm looking at as far as that's concerned.
1: And for our last question, this is also a flex Uh, Julio Jones. Uh, Kareem Hunt. I'm
0: excited to see what Julio's going to do. You're going to have to show me that Julio can't do it before I just sit him. If I got him, I got to start There's no way I got Julio and I'm not going to start him unless my wide receivers and my flex is just like out of this world. And, and Hunt doesn't fit the bill for me as far as that's concerned. I actually have one for you.
1: Okay, let's hear it.
0: Mixon or Robinson from the Jaguars. You got Robinson against Houston, Mixon against Minnesota.
1: I'm taking James Robinson. Yeah, me too. That's what I I mean, I mean, the Houston Texas defense is horrific. I mean, those guys are getting a 200 yards rushing the teams last year. So I definitely gonna, and I think with the rookie quarterback, they're probably gonna lean them to the run game a little bit. So I'm definitely doing James Robinson over Joe. Actually, I got James Robinson is probably my, my, my biggest. At the running back position, he's my biggest value of the week, for sure. I I love him this week. I definitely love him this week.
0: And I believe that about wraps up Rapid Fire 10. Rapid Fire 11 this week. The main part of the show this week is going to be something that we can definitely utilize throughout the season. We're going to give you a little bit of insight on how to go about picking the best games. We use a little bit of Vegas magic as far as this this is concerned. In many cases – Uh, You're just going to know whether it's instinct, whether it's just common fantasy sense, if you will, who to start. In other cases, you're going to have some pretty close calls or close decisions. And uh, we're going to go over some of the best practices as it pertains to your start sit. One of the first things that I tend to do is I look at the Vegas over unders uh, for the week for any given game. And this is uh, I do this for DFS as well. I look at which games should have the highest point totals. And then I look at who are the best fantasy players from those games. And then lastly, I'm also going to look at when looking at the um, point spreads, the implied point total for the individual team themselves. So take for instance, in the game last night, the implied point total for Tampa Bay was over 30 points. I don't know which individual receiver, running back, et cetera, may be a part of putting up those points, but I know Tom Brady is pretty much going to have a hand in all of it. So that's why he was one of my mans in them and one of my uh, starts for the week as well, just based on the fact that he's going to be touching everything and Vegas is indicated for the entirety of this year, they're going to be putting up massive points and they have a ridiculous, uh, defense that I believe is just going to get better week over week. What are some of the things that you look at when you're deciding what games, what players are going to make the most sense? And not just looking at what Yahoo or Sleeper or whatever app that you may use, who they say may be the projected higher point getter.
1: What are some of the best practices that you normally look? Well, I'm not really a Vegas guy, so I don't pay attention to spreads and, and things of that nature. I'm more detailed. I want to see who's the best in the league. Against the run, I want to see who's the worst in the league against the run. I want to see who's the best against the pass. I'm more individual. Okay, this guy he got Jalen Ramsey this week. This may be this. You know what I mean? So I, mm-hmm. I'm more. I break it down a little bit more to the individual itself than paying attention to scores and stuff like that. Like last night, everybody know Tampa Bay was coming in as the. Probably, I think the best run team, the best team against the run last year, right? Definitely. And it was a little more leaky on the back end. So we've seen Dak through the ball 58 times. Those are things I kind of pay attention to. Like a game like last night, I would not play Ezekiel Elliott. It just wasn't the thing. I mean, I see a guy that betted a 75K that Zeke would score a touchdown last night. Mm. So I'm pretty sure he was sick, you know what I mean? So, Had to be. <laughs> right. So that's one of those things. Like I pay attention to things like that. So I'm more of a... Numbers guy when it comes to uh, ratings, rankings versus, you know, teams who score a lot of points and things of that nature. So those are my practices. And if I and if I know a stud is playing against one of those weaker teams, that I'm definitely all in on them. If I know you're a good running back and you're playing against a really weak, let say, for instance, like James Robinson this week, he's a decent running back, but he's playing against like the one of the worst teams against the run. So I love him a whole lot this week. So it's one of those things. I pay attention to things like that. And
0: I'm glad that you pointed that out because take, for instance, in Yahoo right now, Joe Mixon is projected to outscore Robinson. And that was one of the, that was the rapid fire 11 question that I asked. Right. Mixon or Robinson and your answer was Robinson so right. see, in many cases when you're a fantasy expert your opinion is not going to line up with the projections forget them projections don't get trapped into uh, oh the projections say I should lose this week and I'm going to lose by three points let me put in the guy that they said should make a couple of more points and make, make that change so I feel a little bit better about the projections if that's you I need you to do me a favor jot down the players on your team's projections and your overall projections for the week do that for about two or three weeks and then you'll realize how wrong and how off those projections normally are and you'll stop paying attention to them and you'll just go with your gut or you'll go with the advice of people such as myself vander and joe one thing that kind of pairs nicely with what you were saying vander and i know you aren't the numbers guy however if you looked at the vegas prop bets for zeke that would have also indicated to you that he's not going to have a very good game so it kind of goes hand in hand and not that Vegas is always correct, but the house normally wins. So their numbers are going to be somewhere in the vein of what is normally going to happen. It amazes me how often um, a lot of the over-unders hit literally on the exact number that Vegas indicated that it would. But there are a few games that look as if they could be some fireworks and you want to kind of get your guys started. Dallas-Tampa Bay was the first of it. The over-under was at 51.5. The highest over under for the week is actually the Cleveland Browns versus the Kansas City Chiefs. 52 and a half. If I have Baker Mayfield, I don't think Baker Mayfield's a world beater, but if you're indicating to me that there's going to be close to 53 points scored, I'm pretty sure Baker's going to have a hand in several of those points. So that also indicates to me that the receivers in this game, they're go. I don't think they're going to be able to hold each other back just based on what the implied point totals are. So those are some of the things that I look at, especially when looking at DFS, or if I have a tough decision between two players. like um, If I had to uh, make a last-minute decision between, let's say, a Baker Mayfield going against Kansas City with a 52-and-a-half over-under versus, let's say, a Kirk Cousins going against the Bengals with a 48-point over-under, under, I would split the difference with going with the team that Vegas is indicating is going to have more points. So That's just one of the things that I look at. It's, it's not ironclad. Just like Vander was saying, you, know, you definitely want to Pay attention. Uh, to the defenses to the coordinators every single team normally has a strength and most teams have a weakness so every now and then it just matches up that someone's, uh maybe has an offensive strength and they're going against a team that has that very same defensive weakness and when you see that happen it's a certain synergy that's created that you know you have a nice floor minimally as far as fantasy is concerned. Baltimore versus Las Vegas is showing as a 51 point over under. Green Bay Packers versus New Orleans is showing as a 50 point over under. Those are also set to be some high scoring games. Who are some of the guys that in your mind are going to be the can't miss for this week or your most definite
1: start? Um, my can't miss guy this week. I like Alvin Kamara. Yeah. He's coming in. He's going to be the lead dog. Now with the release of Latavius Murray, he's even more the lead dog. Uh, he catches the ball at a high clip. They're playing against the Packers, who's, uh, they're pretty solid. They're decent against the run, but they don't have any cover linebackers. Uh, The last time the Packers played the Saints, I believe he had two touchdowns and he had over 100 and some odd yards receiving. Maybe like 10 catches or something like that. So he went off as far as a receiver is concerned against the Packers. uh, And that was just last year. So my can't miss guy this week, I I like Alvin Kamara a whole lot. He's played my favorite running back out of all of them.
0: I definitely (laughs) like your earlier pick. And maybe it's a little bit of bias because I have him in a few different places, but I don't see how Robinson doesn't put up the numbers that that we kind of have in our minds eye for our RB one to put up, especially against this particular defense. I fully expect for this to actually end up being a decent game because n- neither teams are are world beaters to say the least. So that also means that they won't get into the place where they have to pass the ball. I think they're going to try to save Trevor Lawrence from himself as much as possible, kind of ease him into the season. Um, he's a rookie it's his first real game there's going to be some defenses thrown at him that he's not familiar with it's going to be nice to have that guy that you could just hand the ball off to it would have been even better to have the guy that you can dump the ball down to with etn but we know that ship is sailed for this year so i can't see robinson
1: coming up short in this game i don't see yeah, that he's, he's my low. he's my you know i i have the high-end guys i love and mm-hmm. the lower end. so he's my lower-end guy and kamara's my higher-end guy but those are my two favorite for the week For sure. I also absolutely
0: love 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 Lamar Jackson this week and I know he's a top end guy he's one of those guys if you got him you don't need any advice to start him but DFS players this is a guy who in my opinion is going to put a whole lot on his shoulders he's down to his now third string running back and a couple of guys that are coming out the trash heap not that they aren't talented but you know that they weren't on the team for a reason so I think this guy is going to take a whole lot on now murray wasn't coming off the trash if he had just got cut that's a little bit different but i I just really believe that jackson this year is is going to have another mvp type year especially for fantasy purposes barring injury I don't know if that's going to equate to MVP type numbers as far as NFL is concerned, but I believe you have a QB3 paired with an RB1 as your quarterback. So that that's what I think that you're that you're going to get. That's going to make him so consistent week to week. And obviously, he has the opportunity to have those blow-up games as well.
1: As wide receiver position, man, my can't miss guy is Calvin Ridley. Mm, Yeah, love I love him. I mean, I love, love him. It. He's my favorite receiver for the week. He's playing against a leaky Philadelphia Eagles team. You already know my prediction. I had him challenging uh, Julio Jones' single-season record this year, so he definitely is going to get a, a slew of targets. And to me, man, I think he should. He should. He's the biggest receiver on my board this week, even though he's not ranked the highest. He's my most favorite.
0: Now, there were also a couple of shockingly low over-unders, and it kind of makes me leery about who to start or if I should avoid players in certain games. Uh, the Broncos versus the Giants has a 41.5 point over-under, which is the lowest of the week. And I can actually see that messing wow. around and going under. Yeah, because yeah, I'm, I say that is, for sure. Yeah, the Broncos' defense is like that. Right. And the Giants right now, look, if I'm the Giants, if it's true— And wow, I can't believe we missed this in the news, but it's some scuttlebutt out there right now that Baltimore may actually be interested in trading for Saquon Barkley, kind of going for the gusto as far as running back is concerned. And if that's the case, if they're even entertaining that, they may want to keep that bubble wrap on because they they know Saquon is no more than a play away
1: from another injury. I don't believe it. Nah, but at the last night game, right? Why not trade Zeke to the Ravens?
0: Why would the Ravens want him? I mean, why would they go after him? Ew. It's, it's going to cost Ew. them about the
1: same. Hell, why are they bring? Right, but no, nah, I mean they actually maybe can save some money because with Zeke with Barkley, he's going to be looking for a re-up. With Zeke, he's at the tail end of his contract. He's he's probably going to get released after this year anyway.
0: Remember, he got that uh, huge contract just a couple years just a couple years ago when when everybody was wondering why it was him instead of that getting paid. So yeah, but uh, you know I, those
1: contracts be front loaded, so he's been in that contract for what maybe two, maybe it's just third season. Just, yeah, just, so, just the third year, right? So by the time you get to year four, there's nothing left. That's there's, true. There's no guarantees left on those contracts. So you see these guys would be like, oh yeah, he got 60 million guaranteed. Yeah, but he's probably getting twenty million a year for the first three years, and then by that fourth year, that hundred million contract that they signed, it just is all voided. You hardly ever see a guy sign a hundred million dollar contract or so, and they and get the whole hundred million. That's true. You and know, restructuring so, or
0: something. Like, correct.
1: Like you, you never get your money in the NFL. That's crazy. So I think he got like four carries last night. He's he hell he will get more than four or five carries. Whatever, how many carries he got last night? He'll get. I think he. I think he ended the game with maybe six. Um, okay. I, I think he had four the half, in the first half. half. Yeah. All right. Cool. So he would get that in the first quarter in Baltimore. Is I that think. what he wants? Yeah. Any runner. All running backs want to run the ball. That's why you see. That's why they all running backs. I'm going to give you a quick story, right? When you play football whether you're rec, high school, whatever, and it's the first day of practice and the coaches don't know anybody. And they say, okay, guys, if they don't know what position you are and they're trying to figure it all out, and they say, hey, let me get my quarterbacks. You may see three guys running over there. Okay, okay, let me get my wide receivers. Then you're going to see a little bit more. It's going to be probably about six or seven guys think their wide receivers run over there. Okay, let me get my running backs. You are gonna see about fifteen guys run over there. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's just everybody think they because you know when you're young growing up, it's everybody want to be a running back. Everybody want to run the ball. Everybody want to hold the ball. So the mentality of a running back, he wants to run. He can't be satisfied with getting six carries in a game. No way. What would
0: you be? What would you be um, satisfied (laughs) as as the buyer as far as um, the price point?
1: Yes, if I can get it for nothing.
0: But you can't get them for nothing. That's what I'm I'm saying. Like like, what would be the most uh, fourth round pick? Oh no. he ain't going nowhere
1: then. Hey, well, hey keep him. You know what I'm saying? But at they this point, <laughs> I maybe give up a third at the most. But, I mean, they shown last night that he's not a part of their plans. Just, now,
0: I don't I don't know if it's as much that he isn't a part of the plan as it is that when you're going against the best run defense in the league, you do the opposite. You go
1: with where their deficiency may be, especially yeah, but, when they lost their start. But, the but if you have a guy, you don't go all the way to the other end. You may favor the pass a little more because it's a good run team, right? But they didn't run at all. It's through. through Fifty-eight times, and all like fifty-eight not, passes were like, needed. Like, but you're not going to run at all. Like, you, this guy is. Well, fantasy had him ranked as a top three player in the country in the in the, in the league or whatever. He's a third running back on, on most boards. I tell you what, let the Titans play against the Buccaneers, and let, let's mm. see how many carries Henry have. Now, okay, <laughs> since we're saying that, right? Let, let's see how many carries that Henry have touché, against the Buccaneers. Touche. You think it's gonna be six? you going to get mean, six in the first quarter. True indeed. True indeed. I mean, they'd rather really get the two, three yards in the, the cloud of dust and wait for the pop, you know?
0: Yep. I mean, Because so. one <laughs> of the things that we just discussed um, that Dallas didn't quite keep in mind is when I mean, you're going against an offensive juggernaut, the worst thing you can do is put the ball back in their hands. And that's what you do when you don't run the ball. I mean, e- even if you score, you're going to do it a whole lot faster passing than you do running. We got a couple of other low scoring games uh, projected by Vegas. We have, Miami versus New England at 43 and a half points. We have Chicago versus the Rams at 44. Jacksonville versus Houston at 44 and a half. And the Jets versus the Panthers at 45 and a half. Oh, one other one. We have San Francisco 49ers at Detroit, 45 and a half. Um, there's some low scoring games out there. Are there any that you believe are going to exceed where Vegas is seeing their their point totals for the for the game?
1: No, nah, that sounds about right because most of those teams are playing either both got good defenses mm-hmm. like the Dolphins and the Patriots, the Buck, uh, the Broncos, the Giants have a pretty solid defense, or they got poor offenses like the Houston Texans and maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, no, nah, I think Vegas is pretty right on point when you hear, when I hear those numbers, it, it sounds about right.
0: And also, the Chargers versus Washington is at forty four and a half. And again, to your point, that that sounds about right. Um, The Chargers, they have their defensive guys healthy. The Chargers have supposed to have had a good defense like the last two, three years, but main cogs in that machine get hurt early. So their defense should be much improved. they definitely have a, a nice offense. The Washington football team has one of the best defenses. I'm in the league for my money. so that over under kind of makes sense as well. Does that make you feel that some of the more popular fantasy guys in a couple of these games that people are counting on might not necessarily show and improve? Uh, namely when looking at that um, Chargers versus the Washington football team one game, I was thinking about. Um, you got Justin Herbert that's supposed to be putting up points. People have Fitzpatrick putting up points. People have Gibson. Right. We just talked about Eckler a little bit ago. Maybe that's a little bit of an indication that Vegas is thinking that he's not going to go. Or, or right. I, I mean, th- there's a couple of different indi-
1: indications here. Uh Mike Williams, you know, but yeah. how Mike Williams is this, this weekend. He's a guy on my, he not, yeah, he's on my do not touch, mm. you know, for the week when they, you know, oh, for the week, just for the week. Just for the week. Gotcha. You know, okay. going against okay. the Washington. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things where, what is it? The rubber meets the road or however you want to call yeah. it. It's just, yep. <laughs> and think about it. If Eckler sits, what do you think Washington going to do? They're going to sell out. like they. I I mean,
0: Herbert is going to have a long day.
1: Yes. They have a, their front four is so good. They're probably going to just rush forward and drop back seven. He's going to have fits because Justin Jackson, the boy's are not strong enough to, you know what I mean, to do, do much against the run anyway. So then what you got?
0: Facts. Arizona and Tennessee could be very interesting.
1: Now, that should be a – what's what's the spread on that? That's got to be 52 50. You're right. Uh, okay. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, the overrun on yeah, that is 52. Yeah, that's, that's going to be – yo, Nook, man, don't be surprised if De'Hondra Hopkins get 200 yards. We won. Just don't be surprised. He's probably he's probably my second favorite receiver behind Ridley this week. He crushes them, so don't be surprised, man.
0: And one of the other things that I do, as far as start sit is concerned, and one of the other numbers that I look at is the implied point spread. The reason that I look at the point spread is the higher the spread, the more likely that that team's running back is pretty much going to be running the entire fourth quarter. It doesn't always work out that way, but again, like I said, Vegas is normally more right than they are wrong. So if I can get, let's say, for instance, you have the San Francisco 49ers as almost eight point favorites. That tells me most start and Trey Sermon, they're going to be eaten in the fourth quarter. The San Francisco offense in general definitely lends itself to having productive running running backs. But the fact that they're almost an eight point uh, eight point favorite kind of tells me that they're going to be running the ball even more then they would on the norm. That also tells me the opposite side of that is probably going to be true as well. If I have a Jimmy Garoppolo or if I'm depending on an Ayuk or a Debo, whoever doesn't get that touchdown that puts them up early might end up not getting one because they might not be passing too much in the second half. So those are um, some of the other things that I look at as far as my thought process with figuring out what the best start and sit options are going to be. With that being said, some of the higher spreads for the week we have that seven and a half again like i said for the 49ers and lions this is very concerning to me you have buffalo as a six and a half point favorite against pittsburgh that's a pretty nice spread to be going against the steelers i don't know what vegas knows that we don't at the moment but that's a pretty significant spread what are they playing at home they're playing at buffalo yeah that right so. So right. you automatically get like three points unless you just garbage right. when you play right. at home. So if he's playing at, so
1: in Pittsburgh, it will what, be it'll be three, three and a half. Right. Three so and a half, basically. It's going to be a which
0: tournament. which would be which would be which would sound a lot better at that right. point. So, right. Okay. Another one of the uh, higher spreads for the week is Chicago at the Rams. The Rams are projected to win by seven. That one I think is right in line with how I see that game going, which is why I believe that. Um, Henderson and Sonny Michelle, um, especially in DFS, you can get those guys for next to nothing and you're going to have a guy who's going to get the rock. They may be splitting it between the two, but like Barry always says, a a two-headed monster is fine. You just don't want to mess with a committee. And I think they're going to have a a two-headed monster uh, based on the receiving capabilities um, of the team that that they're going to be the ones least likely to be paid attention to on that offense. You also have Kansas City City with the six and a half point spread against Cleveland Browns again, that game is at Kansas, Kansas City. City. So that's kind of par for the courses, like you were saying, with
1: Pittsburgh and, and the Buffalo situation. AFC so Championship uh- rematch. Rematch and preview, I guess you want to call it. But mm-hmm. um, I definitely could see these two teams uh, meeting each other later on the road. It's, this is going to be a goodie, man. Like The
0: NFL did their job. The biggest issue that a lot of football fans are going to have is not being able to watch some of the games that look like they could be the better games just based on the region that you're in. If you don't have um direct TV and stuff
1: like that. Right, There's them. an I got, app for that. Hey, I just, just know uh, I can watch every game. Yeah. That's, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> that likewise. But you know, during this season, I'm more of a red zone guy. You know what I mean? So I like the right watch mm. NFL red zone. So I'm watching all of the highlights. Well, the scoring yeah. touchdowns and when it get in the red zone, they go to that game. So, the NFL Red Zone, man, I love it. Especially if you're a fantasy player. Absolutely. It's, it's, this is a must-have. If you're a fantasy player, man, go ahead and pay that money or do what I do. You know what I'm saying? If you get what I'm saying. and get Do your research and find yeah, out. Do your <laughs> research and, and figure out how to get that NFL Red Zone,
0: man. For sure. We had the, the man cave built earlier this year onto the house. So, nice. I got my big screen on, on one area of the room. And then I got the, the TV that the kids normally play on or watch in the other part of the room. Got the laptop top. Look, when it comes to Sunday, I'll be watching two games and the red zone all at the same time because the red zone has no commercials and most games normally are, they run two or three plays and then they go right to commercial. So I'll be able to get all of the action and not be bored. So I, I cannot wait. It's going to be a, a, a great season man. like this, this is what we've all been waiting for. Um, Anything else you want to throw out there as far as start sits are concerned, anything people need to be concerned about for week
1: one? Oh uh, yeah, I got a few guys. Um, I like uh, Roby Anderson, and I also like Sam Donald. Man, they played against the old team. Yeah. I think those two gonna guys are going to be. Yeah, they're going to be motivated. I think Roby, Roby Anderson going to find a way getting the end zone. So, Carolina's favored by five in that one. So, if you're one of those uh, betting things where. You have to choose a player to score, man. I definitely think you should get Robbie Anderson because he's going to find a way to get in the end zone for sure.
0: I um, I'm hoping that that touchdown ends up going to DJ Moore because I don't have <laughs> Robbie Anderson on any of my teams, yeah. but I do have DJ Moore on several. So um.
1: yeah. I mean, he may very well score too. But uh I just think those two guys I mean, think about it. You got traded and y'all together, a receiver and a quarterback. You you, hard, you I've never I don't think I've ever seen this scenario where a receiver and a quarterback traded to the same team and they're going against their Oh, you know, it's always revenge games, but it's never but look, a quarterback and receiver together. Hold on to your beer because
0: Deshaun Watson's gonna end up being a Miami Dolphin and Fuller's already waiting on him. That'd be
1: interesting if that happens. But I definitely like that guy this week. I'm another guy I would say Marvin Jones Jr. Okay, if I you like d- it. If you are down there in that, in that value, I like him.
0: Because he he should definitely see a lot of targets. If they get ahead, do you think that they would still let Lawrence take the risk of giving up the game by making one of those mistakes? It's Urban
1: Meyer we talking about now. This is true. This is
0: true. (laughs) He's another no-risk-it-no-biscuit. Yeah, you know. He want to put up as many points as he can. He don't believe in not scoring. That's Right. I think
1: they're going to let the kid go. I think they're going to let him do his thing. And, I mean, what better team to play your first week against than the Houston Texans? That's true.
0: You you can't get real game experience in practice. So why? Not let
1: you. Right. That's that's a confidence builder. That's a good team to play. You you don't want to run into the Chiefs or the Bucks your first game as a rookie, you know what I mean? You could very well crush this guy, but this is the this is an ideal game for him. So, I think Marvin Jones Jr is good and I like uh if you're a DFS player and he's trying to get some value. Guys who can finish with wide receiver one numbers who's low. Michael Pittman Jr. Right. Yeah, he's definitely the wide receiver one in that offense. Right. And Seattle is ooh, horrendous
0: against the pass. People still, horrendous. for whatever reason, when, when, <laughs> when they hear the name Seattle, they equate to Legion of Boom. Those guys are gone. Like they, they ain't coming back. So don't be one of those people who remember what used to be so you don't start your guys against certain teams, i.e. Seattle on that list. Chicago. Chicago Bears on that list. Their defense ain't what it used to be. You also, the, the opposite end is also true. Uh, you don't want to assume that a team is bad in any given area based on what's happened in the past either. So that would be your Miami Dolphins of the world. They're a completely different team now. If if you're looking at um, from a defensive perspective, I honestly think that the Jets are going to have a much improved defense. They were kind of the, the team that everybody picked on in DFS last year, but they have a defensive-minded head coach that I believe is going to be able to get in there and get those guys going. Maybe week one, week two, they aren't quite what they are going to end up being, but I can see them having as quick of a turnaround as Miami
1: did. And, and not only that, you know, they have some, they actually have some players. They do. They really do. Remember, they, they had a pretty good uh, free agency. Remember the year before, right? Mm hmm. Um, and then COVID came in, and then you know what happened with that. But if you look at the defensive, the, the defense, um, the year before they had a, a pretty good splash when they came to uh, signing guys. They got CJ Mosley. You got Quentin Williams, the first round pick from the year Facts. before. They just bought in Shaq Lawson. That right, I forgot about him actually. Right, so that defensive minded coach, he has a few guys over there. They they got some dogs. Can can make a little bit of noise, but still, they they secondary. And they got LaMarcus Joyner. Don't forget him. Yeah, they do. You know, one thing that we didn't (laughs) talk about in the news
0: that I am wondering if it's going to change the defensive prognosis um, that we normally have with the number one cornerback for the Ravens, Peterson, Mm -hmm. I believe uh, is his name, with him being out. Do we believe that the Ravens secondary is still going to be able to hold serve, or uh, what's his name, Marcus Marcus Peters? Marcus Spartans? Peters, yeah. yeah, Marcus Peters. So do we? Do we think that the
1: it's just going to be a next man up,
0: and they're going to be just fine, or?
1: Well, they're going to probably attack the other side because I mean Marlon Humphrey's still there. He's he's a really good corner. Um, so a lot of teams are probably going to just attack the other side. To be honest with you, I mean they still have Jimmy Smith though. So he, no. the next the next man up is Jimmy Smith. I mean, so he's he's been the star in this league for several years. So I don't I don't think Marcus Peters. Don't get me wrong, man. He's a Pro Bowl player. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think it's going to hurt them as bad because they still have two good corners in Marlon Humphrey and Jimmy Smith. So I think it should be good. I think it should be all right. They probably still look to bring someone else in, but I think they'd be fine. I like it. I like it. So
0: those are our outlooks for the week. We're going to make sure that we help guide you through the season. We're about to be in the thick of it. So stick with us. I promise you we're going to keep bringing valid information that's going to make your fantasy life that much easier. Until next week, we out.
1: Later.